Welcome, 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 F. Welcome, 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 everybody to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And usually I got my co-host with me, Mr. Brian Barefield, but he's not in today, so we're going to be riding solo. So it's just me and y'all out here in the beautiful virtual world. This is the Sports Business Podcast that is available on all platforms. So all you got to do is just Google it. You know, we do things a little different. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. So just Google us. It's available on all platforms. So if you get Spotify, you got Google Podcasts, you got Apple Podcasts, just find us. Go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button and you will find us. So we got an action-packed show. But before we do anything, I definitely need y'all to put these 10 numbers down and make a quick phone call whenever y'all do. And that is, the phone number is 502-595-2300. That is the number that you can call to the office of the Commonwealth of Jefferson County in Kentucky to get the officers that killed Breonna Taylor arrested. So I need y'all to make that phone call and justice needs to be served. Now, with that being said, you know, we are going to go ahead and talk about a lot of week one actions of football. So we had a lot of football that happened this past weekend and it was kickoff weekend. So, you know, I thought we definitely just jump into it. Had a lot of highlights, key marquee games and whatnot. So the first one, you know, we got definitely got to talk about is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Orleans Saints. Um, it was definitely an interesting game. Um, we had Tom Brady, who just spent literally probably my whole entire livelihood up in the New England area with the Patriots for the last 20 years. And he made the biggest acquisition, the Bucks made the biggest acquisition uh, that they could in getting Tom Brady down to uh, Tampa Bay. So, you know, they got him, Rob Gronkowski. They added a couple of new wheels down there with uh, LaShawn McCoy. Leonard Fournette was a, a, a late addition uh, about a week or so ago, and they took on the New Orleans uh, Saints. And, you know, the Saints, they've been rocking with Drew Brees, so we'll see what happened. We ended up seeing how that was finally going to take place. And, I mean, it was, it was a good game. Um, but also, you know, Father Time is undefeated, y'all. Um, I don't I don't know how much longer at, at, at the the tenderoni age of 43 years old can Tom Brady keep doing this as well as 41 years old with Drew with Drew Brees as well. So you you definitely have that. And there's definitely something that needs to be said about that. Um, the Buccaneers ended up losing to the Saints 34-23, but Tom Brady did not look good at all, y'all. Um he showed some glimpses and in, 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 in highlights where you know you saw some 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 form of the old Tom Brady, but you also saw him throw a pick six. I think that's like his third pick six in the last three games games that he's thrown. So he he's 
he's looking very interesting. Um, I, I told someone the other day or yesterday on my social media, I said that he looked very James Jameis Winston-ish. And it's very ironic because Jameis Winston is now the backup quarterback for the Saints. So uh, it, it's definitely interesting to see that. So, um, you know, the, 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 the Saints did what they were supposed to do. Um, this is only week one. Um, what was very interesting is that Rob Karinkowski, who I thought after the second interception, especially that pick six, would have got more involved with the game. He only had two, three targets and two catches for 11 yards, which, I mean, if Tom Brady was going to be comfortable with anybody, you would have thought it would have been with Gronkowski, uh, being the fact that they spent so many years over there in New England. Um, it was just very interesting to see how that didn't play out. So um, definitely a lot of a lot of adjusting that needs to be done on the Buccaneers side now. You look over the Saints side, and the boys look like they were ready to go. Looks like it's another team that's primed and, you know, got Super Bowl admirations. Um, Alvin Kamara got paid uh, just this past weekend. I think he scored two touchdowns in the span of 90 seconds. So he ain't he he ain't, he ain't running around here uh, uh, waiting around to uh, get 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 his money. So, um, however, you know, Drew Brees eight for 30, 160 yards. That's not the best best Drew Brees game that we've seen either so you know the both of these quarterbacks did show their age and you know they always say father time never never loses and never never has been undefeated so we'll see how this plays out but um you know it's week one but you know the Bucks next week they got a Sunday night game against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson yesterday showed that he's not playing any games this year at all ladies and gentlemen I mean the dude already went, I think it was 31 for 35 through for three or four touchdowns. So the Seahawks, they, they look like they're primed and ready to go. So um, the Buccaneers, they got some work to do. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. But I, I just don't know how much longer can they can they stall out on this project. So, um, you know, I know Bruce Arians is a coach that, you know, is a player's coach. So we'll see how this plays out. But it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how much how the season plays out with it being with no fans for the majority of part of the, the first portion of the season, I should say. Um, it's just going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. So, um, I mean, the Bucks, they 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 had they they got the they got the X mark on them, and X marks the spot, and they got hit in the mouth yesterday, and they weren't able to prevail. So, um, we'll see what ends up happening. I know uh, Mike Evans was playing with a bad hamstring, so they may have had something to do with it. But you know, you still got OJ Howard, you still got Chris Godwin, you still got Ronald Jones, you still got a lot of weapons where they could have figured it out. But I know one thing's for sure: Tom Brady don't like to get hit, and now while they were they made so many different acquisitions at the skill position. I don't know if they really addressed that offensive line situation that they may have. So I know that might be something for y'all to be looking out to sooner or later, because, you know, often, you know, Tom Brady's a guy who doesn't like to be touched and you start touching him up and start rushing him. You get things that you saw yesterday. So um, we're going to see what ends up happening, but I don't know. Uh, I'm, I got my doubts about that. So, but we're going to move right on into the next game which kind of goes hand in hand with the Patriots and the Dolphins yesterday. And, you know, it's Cam Newton literally filling in the holes for Tom Brady, who has spent, like I said, his first 20 years there. And, you know, he made it look like it was it was easy working. And, you know, not to mention, granted, they played the Miami Dolphins, but, you know, it was, Cam Newton hasn't played in almost almost a year. I don't think he hasn't played since week two of last season. So he pretty much had the year off. He's on a one-year contract, so he's definitely playing with house money. He wants to try to secure the bag for the next year or so. Um, but side note, 
what the hell was Cam Newton wearing? Because I swore I thought I saw the Mr. Planters Peanuts person uh, uh, coming into the game or walking into the, into the building yesterday when they showed him walking into the, uh, the stadium at Gillette Stadium. So I don't know if Cam Newton's trying to make a run for the Mr. Planters uh, Peanuts dude uh, slogan, but he sure was looking like that dude. And if he has some honey roasted uh, cashews, I'd ask him to uh, run me a couple of them. So uh, Cam is definitely uh, probably... Uh, Bill Belichick is definitely looking at him a little bit sideways off the wardrobe uh, selection that he's he's been choosing. But you know, I, I was digging the Mr. Planters look. But you know, if he did it, if he if it was by me, I would ask him for some peanuts. But that's for, that's for sure. But you know, Cam Cam ran the ball for 15 times, 75 yards with two touchdowns, and you show that Bill Belichick is trying to adapt to what Cam's strengths are. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Cam Newton in this new Patriots offense is going to look like. Being the fact that, you know, his number one receiver is probably going to be Julian Edelman, who's basically a guy who works well out of the slot. So I don't know how how much they're going to be able to uh, stretch the field. But the good thing for the Patriots is that they do play in a sorry, 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 sorry AFC East division where really theoretically you only got to go against uh, the Buffalo Bills. And even yesterday, the Bills had a couple of, you know, if they made slight work of the Jets, they still need some work to do with Josh Allen and <laughs> some of the decision-making that he does. But it's going to be very, very interesting to see how Cam and the Patriots usually come out of the blocks. You know, the Patriots is, you know, usually come and use the first four games to kind of figure out what, what uh, direction they're going to go in the season as far as, what kind of offense they're going to be making. So I expect next week to be more of an uh, in-game adjustments. There's going to be a lot more adjustments to be more tailored to Cam. Uh, 15 for 19 uh, isn't bad numbers as well for 155 yards for Cam. So it's going to be real interesting to see what they do with him. Um, being the fact that he's on a one-year contract, are they going to kind of give him as a running back utilage and just kind of beat him up and just run him down to the ground for this one year? Or are they going to try to invest him? Because 15 times running the ball, for Cam Newton is, is or for any quarterback, is a lot, especially in the NFL. This isn't the Big 12 where you can have a dual-threat quarterback and run for 15 to 20 times and be ready to go the next week. So it's going to be real interesting to see how the body of Cam Newton uh, responds back to being, you know, being being hit around for 50, you know, for, for a long 60-minute football game yesterday. So it's going to be, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I think I think the Patriots may be onto something if they can figure it out. Um, you know, that's 11 division titles in a row, I think, that they've, they've had. So, you know, they really could theoretically just win the division, barring they have to play, you know, the Bills. The Bills will probably be the given the, the only team that can give them a little bit of noise. But I don't expect the Jets to do anything. I, I, we saw what the Dolphins are, and they are who they we thought they were. Uh, to create, to quote the great Danny Green, so they they don't have nothing really to worry about. I think Cam going to the Patriots is a great move for him. Um, it's a it's going to be interesting to see how the 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 relationship between Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, the head coach Bill Belichick, and Cam Newton play out. But from what I saw yesterday, it looks like they're on to a very very good relationship, and you know we'll see how that ends up happening. Um, but. Mr. Planters Peanuts was out here getting it in, and he he made he made his he made a good debut, uh, a very Cam Newton-ish uh, uh, first game. So I'm definitely happy to see that man come back and win a game, and we'll see how that ends up going now for the rest of the season. But you know, I think I think the Patriots. Uh, I think a lot of teams or a lot of people are sleeping on the Patriots, but I know you're gonna hear it right here on this on this podcast. I'm not sleeping on the Patriots. I I expect them to figure it out. Um, 
you know, you take obviously Kansas City, Baltimore, and possibly um, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, a, a, a team like the Bills. And outside of that, I really don't see any any team that's going to be too much of a threat to the Patriots. You know, you got Pat Mahomes, you got Lamar Jackson, but outside of that, I mean, the AFC is not a stout division. I mean, you move Phillip Rivers from one side of the house to the other side of the house in, in, in Indianapolis, and you still get the same results. Um, you got Minshew Mania down there in Jacksonville. I don't think they're ready to, they're not in the win down mode. We saw what Miami was yesterday against the Panthers, uh, the Patriots. They're not ready yet. Uh, the San Diego Chargers, they got Tyrod Taylor starting uh, with Jordan, uh, 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 Abair. Herbert, Justin Herbert as their backup, who's a rookie. I don't know if that's going, I don't know how long that's going to be lasting. Uh, Denver, I have zero. I don't know what they're going to be doing. So the Patriots are in good shape. I, I don't think that they have anything to worry about as long as they handle what they need to do in their division and win those uh, six games. They should be Gucci. Uh, they should be, they should be looking fine. And, you know, it, it's the Patriots. They always figure it out. And it's always a next man up uh, mentality out there. So we're going to see how that plays out, man. But, um, you know, we're going to pivot from the AFC and talk about some of these NFC games and definitely the Sunday night game. Man, something about Sunday night football, man, where they just have really, really good games. Like, I'd be more interested in the Sunday night games than Monday night football. Even if my beloved Raiders are playing on Monday night football, it's hard for me to tune in. But something about Sunday night football makes me just want to watch every, every game. And it's always it always somehow comes down to the last minute. I don't know what it is, how they match it up, but it's something about Sunday night football that just... I don't know, man. It's, it's entertaining. Like, it's 60 minutes of entertainment. And last night, we had another entertaining game. We had the, the Los Angeles Rams debut their brand-new, shiny-new stadium, an empty, empty stadium with, with nobody there, against America's team, the Cowboys. I mean, ain't not my team, but, you know, that's what they say, they're America's team. Um, and it was, it was a pretty good game. You know, you got Dak Prescott, who's on a – franchise who's playing on the franchise tag making somewhere north of 30 some odd million dollars this year so it's a show me it's a show me what you can do for me type of season for uh old, old Dak. and man it, the 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 reasons for me to be stalling Dak out is 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 getting harder and harder ladies and gentlemen um, i i you know i don't know what more else i can say to try to stall this man out but you know, you bring a new coach in and Mike McCarthy and you basically bring every new coordinator in outside of the offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore, who's the only dude who got to keep his job. And you kind of saw that Kellen Moore's play calling skills, it ain't really the best, y'all. I mean, you had a fourth down situation where they passed the ball to C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb can't even get past the first down, can't even run the route past the first down marker. Then you got the last minute uh, passing offensive pass interference against uh, Michael Gallup on Jalen Ramsey. Um, it, it was just a weird game. Like I, I felt like the Cowboys was dominating that game with, with Zeke. Uh, he was pounding the ball. Uh, then you had, then you just had a whole lot. They just couldn't convert on third down. I, I don't know what it was, but Zeke, they was pounding. I mean, Zeke did what he was supposed to do. But if you look at Dak Prescott's numbers, they ain't bad. But at the same token. They not good either. And this is a dude that's asking for 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 almost, you know, we saw what who was that? Pat Mahomes just got half a billy. I mean, he ain't gonna get no half a billy, but his arguments right now is just it's it's not looking good. But also at the same time, 
you know, you got a sorry player, you got a sorry offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore who hasn't been able to prove nothing. It's almost looking like, why did you even even move forward with, move out of Jason Garrett's way and bring Mike McCarthy down here? It's just really, really interesting and it's really, really sad to see because this is a team, especially against the Rams, and I get it, the Rams are the Rams. This is a team that if under the new playoff format rule with an additional team coming into the playoffs this year, they would have snuck into the playoffs last year. And once you get into the playoffs, it's literally a crapshoot. Anybody can make it. Anybody can figure it out. Um, but, you know, the Rams is minus Ty Gurley, so they have a running back by committee type of uh, stable. They have Malcolm Brown, who's an undrafted free agent that came into the league and just tore it up on them. Uh, Cam Akers did what he was supposed to do. Jared Goff, again, looked very pedestrian. You know, I've started to see that Jared Goff and, and, and Dak Prescott, they, they, they two and a one, six, half, six, one, half dozen, the other to me. They, they're almost the same type of quarterback. Um, just very timid. Uh, can't can't get the job done. But I, I, I'm very, very high on Dak, and I, I want to see this guy get paid. But, man, you see, you see him trying to convert that last drive last night. It was just really, really, really tough to endure after they basically – you know, all up until the fourth quarter, they figured it out. I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Rams only scored a touchdown in the second half, and the Cowboys gonna get nothing but a, a, a measly field goal up there. So, I, I don't know, but I know one thing's for sure: that that Amari Cooper uh, from the Oakland Raiders to the Dallas Cowboys for those two first round draft picks, and lowest and low keys, the Raiders look like they may have won that trade. I've been not, I've as a Raiders fan, I've not been super duper high on Amari Cooper. I never thought that he was a number one for the jump street. When they drafted him, they still, when they, the Raiders, drafted him, they still had Michael Crabtree. And he was a very, very good compliment off of Michael Crabtree. And this dude, I believe, led the league in drops a few years ago. And last year, he played a, or last night, he played a very pedestrian game. Um, you know, 10 catches for 81 yards, but this dude, he had a couple of drops, um, couldn't hold on to the ball. I just, I, I'm not big. I think Amari Cooper is a solid number two. And you got to start looking at C.D. Lamb being possibly the number one. Um, I know he's a rookie, but I think that's going to have to be the number one. Michael Cooper is going to have to be the number two. And Michael Gallup would have to be the number three. But I can't see the Cowboys prevailing into uh, number, you know, prevailing as Amari Cooper being a number one receiver. I know the brother just got paid this offseason. Uh, he signed an extension with him, but... It's something about him where he just doesn't scream as a number one receiver. He's not a Mike Thomas. He's not an A.J. Green. He's not a Julio Jones. Hell, he's not even a DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's not even in that that type of plethora. So, um, you know, he, he talks a good game as if he wants to be that. But when the lights shine the brightest, it do be MIA, man. I, I just don't understand it. So, And then you got Robert Woods on the side who's, you know, been somewhat of a journeyman has finally found his niche in L.A. And he out here tearing it up in the first two quarters. So, I just don't know if the Cowboys are going to be able to go to the promised land with Amari Cooper as their number one receiver, Kellen Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator. And the cold part about it is, ladies and gentlemen, Mike McCarthy is a pretty darn good play caller. He, he was a very good offensive-minded uh, coach when he was in Green Bay when he had Aaron Rodgers and got a Super Bowl with him. So I know that the, the reasoning why they wanted to keep Kellen Moore was because they wanted to make sure that that would, you know, didn't have to adapt to a new, a new offensive scheme, a new offensive system, or not. But man, if you only gonna be able to put up 17 points with possibly the great, the best wide receiving core and possibly the best running back uh, group in the in the league, 
I, I don't know what I, 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 that's definitely a little bit on coaching and you know Mike McCarthy should definitely have to look at Kellen Moore and be like hey what are you doing because there's, there's only so much the players can do you can put them in the right areas but if the play caller is not playing calling the correct plays I, I just I don't know how that's going to really work and they they just definitely have to figure it out and like I said it's only one week one so they got plenty of time they got plenty of time to figure it out so we'll see how that ends up going out but man, the Cowboys, they did not look good on week one. I don't know what they got to do to figure it out, but they definitely have to do better. They got to do better. Um, but, you know, we'll see how that goes out because, it's you know, once you play one game in the NFL, that's 7% of your season. You know, it's only the 16 games. And, you know, I know that there's an additional playoffs uh, spot right there that you can use. But, you know, that number one overall seed is the only team that's going to get that first week by now. So, it's going to be really, really tough, man. And I think the Giants, <laughs> the Giants, they, they're, they're, they're the Giants. I don't see them doing anything big this year. I'm not a big, I'm not big on Daniel Jones. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley can only get them so far. It's going to be interesting to see what the Philadelphia Eagles do. They stonk it up yesterday after being up by 17 points, I believe, against the Washington football team. And somehow Washington was able to figure it out. Sack Carson Wentz eight times. I just, I don't know. We'll see how that goes, but I don't know. I really just don't know, y'all, but we'll see. And then we had a couple of young, you know, we had the number one overall draft pick yesterday and Joe Burrow out of LSU make his debut. And man, I got to tell y'all something. That dude right there, he balled out. He, he definitely balled out. Um, he, he had some rookie tendencies, but, you know, when asked, they said, you know, what grade would you give yourself? And he said he would give himself a D. Um, I don't know if I would give himself a D, but he definitely, um, he definitely did what he was supposed to do. He had some rookie moments, uh, showed some flaws, but he definitely looked like a number one overall draft pick. And I was super impressed with him. I, I was kind of skeptical. I'm going to say skeptical. I was, I kind of held my breath, breath with him because I just didn't know how they were going to utilize him. They meaning the the, the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe his name is Zach Brown. Um, I didn't know how they were going to utilize this kid, but, you know, they, they tried moving him around. I think his first, you know, the touchdown was, was like a quarterback draw. Um, and they beat it. They beat, they lost to a Chargers team. Um, but Joe Burrow, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say this on the record, man. I think he's probably going to be better than Daniel Jones and probably Drew Locke out of Denver. I think that's how good this kid is. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray is a really, really good young stud. He's also going to be definitely better than Baker Mayfield, and I'm going to get to him later on the show. I'm definitely going to get to Baker Mayfield later on the show. But, man, Joe Burrow, I was super-duper, the way he was able to carry that team, the way he was super calm, uh, I want to say cocky, but definitely confident in how he was. he had that offense clicking for the most part of the game. I mean, it's the first game of the season. This dude's literally for his first snap. He didn't have it. These players didn't have any preseason. So his first his first snap was a regular season snap. He didn't have, he didn't get any mulligans. He didn't get any uh, trial shots. So he, he had a very, 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 I thought he played a good game. And I'm excited to see this kid. I'm rooting for him. But we'll see how this ends up playing. But, man, Joe Burrow, he did his thug fizzle yesterday. And outside of the kicker, which we don't know if this kicker is really injured or not, but I'm going to tell you all something right now. If I knew I was going to sit here and miss a kick, 
I probably would have did the same thing that kicker did. I'd act like I was hurt. I would have fell out. Said I like my, my my back is broke. To quote Mike Tyson, I'd have did everything so that you know if you miss the kick, they may they may not you know if you you, you miss the kick, they're gonna cut you. You know you can't miss a kick like that. But if you get hurt, they can't cut you, and you gotta they they gotta they gotta keep you on the team. So maybe the what what the kicker did was probably the the play of the game because he probably must have known he was gonna miss that kick, and and. You know, he came down, and I don't know. No one ever knows if he was really injured or not, but a kicker was kind of smart because I would did the same thing if I knew I was hurting like that. So um, we're going to see if Randy Bullock, the kicker of the Cincinnati Bengals, is going to be playing this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. But, man, outside of that, that I mean, it was a it was a, it was was a weird game, but it was I was entertained. And, you know, it all came down to a kick, and special teams is definitely super-duper important in these games these days and times so we'll see what ends up happening but again i'm a big joe joe burrow dude i think joe Bur- joe burrow is gonna be the dude he's got my lock in for the rookie of the year offensive side i think he's definitely gonna try to bring that uh the the cold the winning culture and try to turn it around in uh cincinnati i think they got i think they got a couple of pieces where they can figure it out with joe mixon as their running back aj green is man A.J. Green, when he can be healthy, he's definitely a Hall of Fame-worthy wide receiver. Um, Gio, Gio Bernard is also a nice uh, a nice uh, running back out there. So they definitely got some tools out there that's going to be uh, good for good for uh, Joe Burrow out there. Tyler Boyd's a really underrated t- or tight end out there for them. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I'm definitely rooting for the boys, and we'll see what ends up happening. But, hey, if I'm that kicker, Man, you got to do better, bro. But I mean, if you hurt, you hurt. But hey, I'm telling y'all, if I got hurt, I'd, if I would have missed the kick, I'd have did the same thing that kicker did. They ain't gonna get mad at you. See, your teammates ain't gonna get mad at you. You hurt, you pull something, or, you know, tear. You know, they gonna feel kind of bad for you as opposed to you just shank the kick like my like my man did and just walk on off the field. Can't do that, man. They did everything that they could possibly do to put put the put put the kicker in position to win that game. But you know, there's also for you know what. 58 minutes in a football game for you to try to win the game so you don't put yourself in that position. So it kind of goes hand in hand. But man, that kicker, that kicker got to be feeling some type of way today. But we'll see what ends up happening. So we're going to get a little off top. We're going to switch gears and we're going to stop talking about basketball or we're going to move into basketball, I should say, on the Sports Business Podcast available on all platforms. And man, If y'all follow me on social media, that's Money Compton on Instagram. That's Eric T. Compton on the Twitterverse. Uh, if you find me, if you're friends with me on Facebook, if y'all follow me, man, at least for the last couple of years, I should say, I don't understand why there is so much hype around the Houston Rockets. It's, it's it's exhausting to even talk about this. It's exhausting to even fix my lips right now. Like if I if I have my camera on in, in our brand new uh, sports business podcast studio, you could see the agony on my face right now. The agony is just there's so many other different things I'd rather be talking about, but somehow, some way, somehow, some way, we are once again talking about the Houston Rockets. <sighs> Lord, I don't y'all ooh, give me some strength to talk about these people. Oh man, give me the strength to talk about the Houston Rockets. 
you know what? Let's not talk about the Houston Rockets. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. And what was that? I believe this past Saturday, they smoked the Houston Rockets. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. They get they beat them in a gentleman's sweep. What is it? They were up. Uh, they won, The Houston run the first game, and the Lakers started figuring it out, figuring it out. And last night, or Saturday, it was almost like old Yeller. They put that dog out of misery and, and, and put that dog out of misery is what I have to say. Um, yeah, they won by a lot. It was, what's the score? Hey, E, what was the score? It was a lot to a little. At one point, I believe the Lakers was up by 30 some odd points. So, in the hood, you know, when we, when we playing, as you know, we playing back pickup basketball, you out here smoking another team, somebody asked what the score is, it's a lot to a little. Ain't no reason to keep up, keep the score at that point. And that's what the game felt like. And, the NBA's been playing in a bubble down there in Disney World. And for the most part, like, if you're at home watching the games, it doesn't feel like it's a, uh, doesn't feel like, you know, they're in, in, a, in a bubble environment. Usually the games feel like, you know, it feels, you can definitely tell that there's no fans at these games. You can definitely tell that uh, it's a different type of environment. But for the most part, the games, pretty much all the games have been entertaining from what I tuned into. But last night, or I'm sorry, Saturday night's game with the Lakers against the Rockets, that legitimately, ladies and gentlemen, felt like A, a summer league game, B, pick up basketball, or C, just one superb team against a sorry team. Like it was, it was just night and day. And I, I ladies, I mean, we 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 just got to start looking at one. I, it's it's already been official that Mike D'Antoni is not coming back. Two, Daryl Morey, who's the GM, probably shouldn't be coming back as well. And see if I'm Mr. Fertitta, the owners, the owner of the Rockets, it might be time to just to clean house. They don't have any draft picks this year. They're not going to be able to get better. You know, James Harden is saying something. I think I heard him on this press post-game press conference say something to the tone of, you know, we're one piece away. Bruh. You've been saying you one piece away, you're one piece away from the promised land for the last four or five years. So when are we gonna stop looking at James, start looking at everyone else, and start looking at James Harden? All right. James. And where this ideology of that where they're one piece away. Last year. They brought in, I believe, the last two years, I believe, they had Chris Paul, who's a bona fide Hall of Famer. Eric Gordon is a sixth man of the year. They brought Robert, Robert, Robert Covington in this year, who's a first-team all-defensive player. I think he's last year or the year before. They brought in uh, Austin Rivers, a great quality bench player. Um, P.J. Tucker led the league in corner threes uh, last year, and I believe part, 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 of the, part this year. When is Russell, when when is James Harden just gonna say, you know what, I gotta do better? Or when are people just gonna start realizing that James Harden probably ain't it? He ain't the number one guy. He ain't Batman. He may need to be a Robin to someone's Batman. But I know one thing's for sure. This 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 notion of small ball um is not gonna work. James Harden has ran through three different coaches and we've gotten the same results in Houston. I think it's time to possibly, I don't know. Ship him over to uh, Philly. Philly seems like they can't figure it out. Maybe ship him for Ben Simmons and some and get some draft picks back from the Sixers and try to start all over because I'm going to tell you right now, 
it ain't it ain't the 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 West ain't getting any worse. I assume the Golden State Warriors are gonna make a play this year to either A, get a big time free agent, or B, they're gonna use that draft pick and probably get a you know a, a bona fide up and coming star who doesn't have to come in and have all of the pressure on them. Whether they who they draft or if they make they plan on trading some people away, cool. But the, they're gonna be good. The Lakers ain't coming, or they're gonna be coming back uh, harder. The Clippers are gonna be there. The Denver Nuggets are gonna have another year under their belt. Oklahoma City Thunder pushed pushed these this very same Rockets to the brink of elimination, barring a block shot that James Harden got off of a uh, uh, dork. Um, so I, I just think that it's time to finally hit the reset button, just like what the Oklahoma City Thunder did. They they hit the reset button and they were actually able to figure it out. And they they were I think a five seed this season. If I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. See how I did that off the top of my head? Yeah, <laughs> I pat myself on the back for that. Um, but Man, I, I, you know, I think you, you, Russell Westbrook got to go. You can't show up in an elimination game shooting four for, four, four for 13, zero for three from three-point range, two for six from the free throw line, three turnovers and 10 points, and then you want to get into a fight with Rajon Rondo's brother out in the, out in the uh, fan stands. You know, I, I, I don't know what his, where he's thinking, what he's thinking, but that ain't going to work. But it's time to start looking at the Rockets and saying, you know what, maybe this isn't a team that is a top contender. I am telling you right now, next season, I'm not talking about James Harden whatsoever. I'm about to be singing that song called by Janet Jackson, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Because he ain't done nothing for me lately. He continues not to do nothing for me lately. And he needs to just, I think the Rockets definitely need to just ship him, start and just reload and start, start all over. Because he's played under Kevin McHale, J.B. Bickerstaff, and now Mike D'Antoni. And they've gotten the same result over and over and over again. Um, you know, he's 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 cool. He's a good player. But, you know, he ain't, he ain't the guy. James Harden is not a person that you can say, hey, win me a basketball game. Oh, well, Eric, what about the regular? I don't want to hear nothing about the regular season no more. This dude's a former MVP winner. He's been in the finals, NBA finals, once before. Uh, he's also won a gold medal. I don't know how many. I don't know how many scoring titles this dude has won. I don't know how many times he's been named to the All Star game. This dude is a bona fide star. I don't want to hear anything about him in the regular season. It don't matter no more. I got to see what he's going to do in the playoffs. I just got to see what he's going to do in the playoffs. If I keep seeing these MIA games, I, it doesn't matter what he does in the regular season, and people are just going to tune him out. And this is probably one of the reasons why. A lot of people don't like the way, a lot of people just don't like the dude is because he always is missing information during the playoffs. So it is what it is. But we're going to switch over and look at the Lakers. Man, they played a very, very good game. You know, one thing that I will give a knock on Mike D'Antoni is that he does not know how to make an in-game, any in-game or in-series adjustments. So when I say that, what is that? Uh... Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Lakers, has assistance with Lionel Hollins and Jason Kidd, some of the greatest basketball minds. So he has a great coaching staff, but they were also able to figure out after game one that lost, how are we going to stop James Harden? And what they started to do was just start picking them up at, at half court and double teaming them. And the excuse that the, the, the Rockets gave was that they're double teaming me. We don't know how to figure it out. Now, I don't know if you all watched some of the Portland Trailblazers versus the, well, really the Portland Trailblazers ever since they got in the bubble. 
They was double teaming uh, Damian Lillard as soon as he touched the ball from three quarters of the court all the way up. And Damian Lillard was able to figure it out. He was either just going to start pulling up from half court or he was going to start depending on his teammates to make better shots. He obviously had CJ McCollum um, that was able to help out a lot. But Damian Lillard was able to figure out how to beat double teams. And you're telling me that James Harden, a bona fide, as most people like to say, I can't even believe I'm about to fix my lips to say this, that he's the greatest scorer of all time. So you're telling me that the greatest scorer of all time can't figure out how to beat a double team? Man, get out of here, bruh. And get out of here. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear the excuses. James Harden, it's time for you to pack up your bags and you need to start looking, calling your real estate like agent and figuring out where you're going to head out to next because I don't think him in Houston, I, I don't think him or Russ are going to be in Houston. Um, this this uh, One of them is going to be gone. I don't know who is going to be gone, but it's just a lot of money that's being allocated to the Rockets and it's just same results. It's same results every year, and it's not it's not something that it's it's acceptable. Um, so, shout out to the Lakers; they're doing their thing. They're waiting for the I don't know I don't know even how to how I'm even fixing my lips to say Game Seven against the Nuggets versus the Clippers. Man, who'd have thought that this game was gonna go that the series was gonna go seven games? Because I sure didn't, and I'm pretty sure y'all listen to this podcast probably didn't. I thought maybe. Five, six games, five, six games, maybe, but man, I, I, I don't, I think with the Clippers, it's discipline. I, I think it's just lack of discipline. I think it's just a lack of focus uh, with, with that team in general. You know, they got Sweet Lou Williams running around here going to Magic City, getting some chicken wings named after him because he couldn't take it in the bubble, you know, and then Montrez Harrell, he had some personal issues. He had to go 10 2. Um, I just don't know if this team is focused and, what we have seen is that this this uh, Nuggets team is is that they they ain't got nothing to lose. They playing with house money, as, as folks like to say. They playing with house money. They ain't got nothing to lose, and you know if they can if they can pull off what they've been pulling off the last couple of games. What is it? The, the, the Clippers was up by nineteen points in Game Six and still lost by over in double digits. Like house, wait, what you mean? How how you up by nineteen? You lose by double digits, like. You're borderline on some Houston Rockets uh, stuff right now, uh, L.A. And I, I don't know what is. I really don't know what's going on. So it's it's with the being game seven, and somebody was like, "E, who you who you got who you got your money on?" I'm gonna be honest with you. I would not be surprised if the Liger, the Clippers somehow lose this game. Like I'm not I'm not sold on the Clippers. I don't know if this team. It's it's lack of focus. It's not a lack. It's not a lack of talent. It's not a lack of coaching. It's focus. I don't know if these boys are just focused or not. Then you also got the Nuggets on the side. You got Nokic, the Joker. You got Jamal Murray. You got Michael Porter Jr. You got a whole bunch of young studs on this team that everyone thought if they were able to put it together, that this is what the Nuggets team would have looked like. So I think I think it's, it's, it's anybody's game tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. I would not be surprised if some of the Nuggets figured this out. And the cold part about it is, Man, the Lakers are just chilling. This is what the Lakers need. I mean, not that they need, but the Lakers, they don't have to play. They ain't got to play anytime soon. You know, the Lakers, have, they played last Saturday. So at the earliest they're going to play is Friday. They've legitimately had a week off. Not to mention they still had another four, four, four days off or something like that. 
three or four days off during the uh, the protests, uh, uh, the mini protests or the protests, I should say, during the playoffs. So the Lakers have had a lot of downtime. And when you got a LeBron James in year 17, who's jumping out of the building, just tossing everything, dunking on everyone, and you can give them another seven days rest in between series, that ain't nothing but favor for the Lakers right there. That's nothing but favor for favor for them, ladies and gentlemen. And they're gonna be able to op- they're gonna be able to optimize that. Rondo, who was just that this was his first series after coming back from that broken thumb. They were able to figure that, but you know, he was able to come back. Um uh, you got Dwight Howard, who's an aging superstar. You got a Anthony Davis. I'm telling you all something, man. Every time Anthony Davis falls on the ground, I I hold my breath. Um, I just hold my breath because I just don't know. You know if he's okay or something's gonna happen to him so um but yeah you have anthony davis so you have a lot of players that are just you know gonna be gonna be well rested on on uh on i believe it's next this friday that's coming up so i i don't know but i if i'm, I'm telling you all right now if the clippers lose you heard it from me i wouldn't be surprised i really wouldn't be surprised at you know just the way um, just the way that how that all plays out. So we'll see how that goes. But man, I, I just don't. I, I can't tell you. I, I just can't put my finger on it with, with with these Clippers. It's just lack of focus. One minute they look very very locked in, the next minute they just out of tune. So we'll see what ends up happening, y'all. We we, we shall see what ends up happening. Uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be interesting. Um, but ooh. ooh. I, I do know that if the Clippers aren't able to win this game seven, it is a historic collapse. Historic. Um, you bring Kawhi Leonard there. You bring Paul George there uh, to, to change the culture of, of Clipper Clipper Nation. And I know Clipper Daryl going to be running around somewhere ill. Somebody better go check on Clipper Daryl if these boys lose. But, man, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything outside of maybe the 2016 NBA Finals with the Warriors Rep 3-1 on how much of a catastrophic epic fail this would be. I mean, it, it just, yeah, it just wouldn't, it's not going to look good. And I don't even know what the answer would be after that. I don't know if there's any coming back to that uh, if they lose, if they lose tomorrow night. So we'll see. And we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, but knows one thing cool about this show we gonna keep it brief i know everybody is either working working out at the gym working on their computers hopefully everyone's still social distancing wearing your mask uh i know i know that sometimes you know we we get caught up but i definitely uh am going to try to keep these sports podcasts sports business podcasts you know we're going to keep them short, sound, and sweet. We're going to get all this information out as fast as we can. You know, I was talking to a family member of mine. They asked me, how long you plan on uh, keeping these podcasts around? I said, I promise you, it ain't going to be it ain't gonna be more than an hour. So that's the goal. We're going to try to keep these things short and sweet. We're going to keep it pushing. We're going to have fun. You can also email the show at sportsbusiness, S-P-O-R-T-Z, B-I-Z, N-E-S-S, at gmail.com for any topics that you want to talk about. I promise you, I'm going to put them on the air. We're going to put it on wax and we're going to keep it pushing. We're going to keep it moving. So, that being said, anytime we do the Sports Business Podcast, we definitely got to do the Big Dummy of the Day. I lied to Fred Sanford, one of my favorite TV shows, is Sanford and Son. So, we're going to keep it pushing on that. 
and we're definitely going to do a big dummy of the day uh, for the sports business podcast. And my big dummy of the day, actually, I got two. I got two big dummies of the day. Well, one's a big dummy, and one's just me being super petty. The number one, actually, the big dummy of the day probably has to go to the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield. First of all, that dude just annoys me. He annoys me with his Hulu commercials. He annoys me with, what was it? When he was at Oklahoma, he was waving a flag at Ohio State. Tried putting a, putting, staking the flag, sticking the flag in the field of Ohio State, but didn't realize it was AstroTurf, so the, the, the flag fell. Like, bro, you didn't know that you was playing on AstroTurf the whole time? Like, what was you thinking? So Baker Mayfield already annoys me. He he makes me he makes my skin crawl. And once again, Baker Mayfield puts his foot in his mouth. He initially, I believe, it was when George Floyd was murdered by four police officers in Minneapolis. Baker Mayfield came out and said that he would actually be taking a knee during the national anthem. And then I believe it was right on Saturday night, Baker Mayfield switched up the game, was like, yeah, about me taking the knee, I'm good. Actually, I feel like that's going to be more of a distraction or it's going to be more of a, it's going to be more of a divide than any kind of unity. So I'm actually going to stand up. (sighs) Baker Mayfield, where do I start with you, bro? How about you just try to figure out and just shut up and that's one thing how about you just be quiet and if you feel like having a stance on something maybe you should do your homework whether you should choose to stand up or sit down because now you look like the ultimate hmm, how should i say this i don't know ultimate hypocrite so you go from saying that hey i'm gonna stand up or i'm gonna kneel and, and because there's so much and so much confusion going on in the nation. And then now, when the season starts, you turn around and say, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to stand instead. Look here, man. You're entitled to your own opinion. You're entitled to your own rights. But if you want to be about that life or you want to be about that action, boss, you need to be about that action. Don't, don't, this ain't, this ain't the, this isn't the time, nor this is the subject where you want to be playing double dutch. And when I say double dutch, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all ever play double dutch with the telephone cord, you got the people that's about to jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. You can't, you can't do that in this, in this type of, on the, on these type of subjects. Either you're in or you're out. And if you're out, you better make sure you stay out. And Baker Mayfield, like once again, you just put your foot in your mouth, man. Like every, it's every, every season is something with you, bro. And not to mention, you got smoked yesterday by the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens, 30-something to 10. And you possibly have one of the greatest wide receivers in our generation, Odell Beckham, and you can only find him two times? Man, come on, bro. Like, I'm going to need you to pick up that Microsoft tablet and look at your in-game film a little bit harder before you try opening up. Like, focus on football, bro, because you're not really that good at focusing on football. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I really am seriously considering not offering that fifth year extension on his rookie deal because once that happens, you know, the 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 the, the Browns, that's it. They're, they they got to be fully committed to him. So they don't have to be fully committed to him this year this season or next season. But they definitely got some he's definitely gotta answer some questions and Baker Mayfield, like bro, you just gotta you gotta chill, man. You gotta figure it out. But 
you pussyfooting left and right on these type of the these these situations, it's not a good look, bro. So you need to stick to football. You need to do a little bit more homework and figure out what the whole taking the knee stands for. And if you can't figure it out, then you shouldn't have been taking it. You shouldn't even made that comment from the get go. So I, I I'm gonna come off my my high horse and man, I don't know. Did y'all see John Gruden's hair yesterday? <laughs> John Gruden, the head coach of the uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I'm fr I'm from the Bay, and I still want to keep calling them the Oakland Raiders. And I live here in Las Vegas, which is crazy. But did y'all see the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders' hair yesterday? I mean, I see why that man be wearing a hat. I see why he has some some type of head covering over his head. I don't know what ESPN was doing all them years when he was in the booth doing Monday Night Football. But whatever, whatever, whoever was the makeup artist or the uh, or the cosmetologist or whoever's doing his hair back then, he needs to call that person like yesterday and have them on the staff of the Raiders. Because there's a lot of people. <laughs> the cold part about it is how John Gruden got the most jacked up hair on the Raiders. Like how? Have you all ever seen Mark Davis's hair? It literally looks like a chili bowl cut. Like he he looks like he looks like a. Uh, Looks like a cabbage patch, baby, y'all. <laughs> like John Gruner, how how you how you take the championship on the Las Vegas Raiders of the worst hairstyle on the team, dog? How? how what, what am I missing, bro? What was I missing? How did that happen? And yet, <laughs> this Joker has literally the worst hairstyle on on the Raiders. So, John Gruner, I need you to I need you to figure it out, man. I need you to figure it out. But I will give you a special shout out because you was able to get the first W for the Las Vegas Raiders. You gave a lot of Raiders, you gave Raider Nations, including me, uh, almost a, a stroke yesterday by giving up, uh, almost giving that game away. But hey, you figured it out. Uh, uh, Josh Jacobs was able to uh, stall, stall, out, stall out the Raiders and, and put that game away 34-30. But man, John Gruden, bro, you need to keep your head cover on your head because I see why, I see why you, you, you uh, you always put a hat on now. It, it makes total sense. So I, I get it. So, but anyways, I think it's time for me to chuck up the deuces. And I can't thank everybody enough for joining me on the Sports Business Podcast today. I am your host again, Mr. Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. Once again, you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram, the gram, IG. You can find me at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse, you know. Instagram. I'm pretty. I'm always on Instagram more than likely. Post something about some food. Post something about some shoes. I'm trying to think as far as shoes go for all my sneakerheads. I think. Oh yeah, the hyper uh, the hyper hyper royal retro 14s come out this Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that's all I got for sneakerhead news. But other than that, uh, peace and love and blessings. Like I said, this is a sports business podcast, so it's available on all platforms. Make sure to check me out this same bat time, same bat channel next week, y'all. Other than that, we out.